Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, while there are still huge levels of support for Ukraine within most of Europe, the same can't be said of Russia. Both state and independent polls show support for the special military operation, while support for Putin himself has actually increased. So why are there two quite divergent views of what's going on? Noah Buckley is Assistant Professor of Political Science at Trinity College. Good afternoon, Noah. Good afternoon. Uh, I would imagine, though... Am I being cynical here that even the independent polls, if you're a Russian citizen and some some randomer rings you up and says, I just want to ask you a few questions about your opinions of Vladimir Putin, you're not going to go, I I really hate him. So I think that can be right for some people, but but overall, Russians are very happy to tell the truth. They don't feel any threat to um, to speaking the truth uh, when someone asks them for their opinion. Uh, Russians have strong opinions about their government, as anyone else does. And I think uh, the idea that there's really going to be some punishment that comes down if you just say that you, you know, don't like Putin as much as maybe someone else, um, I think it's really not that common of a thing that, that, that happens in Russia these days. Yeah. Now, the, the, the fact that there is such support for this and support for Putin himself, is, is this a much older story than what's happened just this year? This, is this about the story that Putin has told Russians about Russia? Yes, I think that's right. It's it's a story of, I think, limiting the information that Russians have access to. So they have a very limited picture um, that is shaped by the regime itself, the Putin regime, um, a limited picture of the world and of Russia's place in the world and who Russia's enemies are and who its friends are. So I think this has been happening um, for a long time. This has been developing over the last uh, you know, 22 years that Putin has been in power. And I think uh, it's only sharpened um, since uh, Russia annexed Crimea in 2014, and all the more so uh, in recent months uh, after the war has started, um, after Putin uh, began this new stage of the war in, in Ukraine. Now, I, 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 but to go to kind of the roots of that story, if you like, the, the, one imagines that after the fall of the wall and through various regimes, there was great ferment in Russia, and I suppose Russia didn't know what its place in the world was or what it was for. I think that's right. It was a very painful time of, of really economic collapse and not understanding what it means to be Russian uh, once it was no longer the sort of superpower that the Soviet Union was. Um, and it was a very chaotic time. And I think Putin was able to take advantage of that um, and, and sort of present a new image of what Russia is. It could be uh, it could have elements of being uh, uh, Russian Orthodox uh, religious in religious terms. It could be. Um, new military strength. It could be a new uh, willingness to use its economic power in oil and gas to sort of throw its weight around. And really just to make Russia heard and uh, sort of fight back against some of the perceived slights that have come from the West um, over the last uh, few decades or even or even longer. Mm. No, I mean, you use the phrase perceived slights. Uh, um Within Russia, though, is this this presented as something more grave, that the outside world is an actual threat to Russia? I think that's the way it's presented, yes. So, um, I mean, there are both uh, cultural, uh, maybe, slights, and um, this this idea has been put forward by the Putin regime to the Russian people and to uh, people around the world that that sort of the values um, have that, that, that... Europe enjoyed in the past and that Russia was a part of 
have been abandoned in some sense by the West. So that's that's certainly a part of it. And then also just, um, you know, there are certainly, Putin would portray things as being, yes, that there are real threats to Russia's continued survival, that, that NATO or Ukraine or the United States or others would like to destroy Russia and make it, you know, weak or break it apart uh, or something like that. So, so there, there's a whole sort of set of different fights or uh, damages that, that Putin can point to when he says, you need to support me and you need to support this, um, mm. this war. What kind of values uh, have Europe abandoned from the point of view of the average Russian? I think the, the way that the regime has tried to sell this to the average Russian is uh, so-called you know, traditional values, family and um, uh, sticking to sort of traditional religious values. Um, some of these things that, that Putin can look in, into the past, maybe even uh, to the Russian Empire before the Soviet Union, and say, "Look, this was a this is a great time. This is a time of progress. This is a time where uh, people, you know, respected their leaders, respected uh, the head of the household, maybe, and uh, there was more sort of social harmony, um, at least according to this sort of portrayal of history." So I think it's, mm. it's again a, a really multifaceted sort of um, picture that is that's given. But it's interesting for that that portrayal, very similar to the uh, the Brexit argument. Let's get back to the you know the Britain that was good. Uh, very similar to the Donald Trump argument. Let's get back to kind of mom and apple pie America. Yeah, I think that's right. It's you can draw connections between these sort of mm, conservative uh, viewpoints of the world, and of course Putin has his own uh, perspective. It's very different from that I think of of uh, the Brexit proponents or of Donald Trump. But there is this, this sort of common viewpoint that we've gone astray and, uh, you know, you need me, a strong hand, mm. to lead the country in a new direction, in an old direction, right? In, in some uh, truer, truer direction that is going to be better for everyone and, you know, the world can live in harmony again with a, with a powerful Russia that will, you know, take part in things as it, as it should. What, but at the same time, while he's depicting Europe as, you know, it's kind of fallen by the wayside, it's lost its values, uh, uh, we're more interested in trans rights and taking drugs or whatever. But th- 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 then how can he present Europe as this uh, this mortal peril towards Russia? That, you know, what are the reasons why the outside world wants to destroy Russia so much? I think uh, he would he would say that uh, or, or he has said that that the West wants to destroy Russia because it's afraid of this, uh, you know, Russia being an independent power that can um, try to influence world affairs in the in the in the way that we just talked about. Mm. So I think um, he sees, you know, encirclement by NATO or um, meddling by sort of Western powers in, you know, um, in the countries that are near to Russia, and that Putin would see as having um, very close. Uh, connections to Russia, I think these can be seen, uh, Putin can see these as, you know, wanting to actually destroy Russia and break it up, you know, break up the Federation and weaken it so that um, so that it can be sort of plundered uh, as the West would, would supposedly like to do. Yeah. And at the same time, in advance of, and, and you, you reference it in the Crimean invasion, 
The idea that Ukraine isn't a real country and it's just really a region run by Nazis, you know, how far back was that idea implanted in, in, in the minds of the Russian public? Well, I think in its, in its sort of new, sharpest form, um, relatively recently over the last few years, but you can track it uh, back uh, since basically when, when Putin uh, became president in uh, the year 2000. So um, it's the, the groundwork has been laid for this for a long time, and educational programs have been changed to sort of adapt to this new view of, of how the world supposedly is. And um, I think it's been stretching back for, for several decades, this sort of new idea that, you know, Russia, we need to go back to this sense of Russia is the, you know, protector of these sort of historical lands and is the true sort of origin of of the whole cultural sphere and civilizational world, um, that can go back, um, you know, centuries. Right. Okay. So th- th- there's an element of victimhood in this as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, in some cases correctly and in other cases um, not so not so clearly, uh, Russia, Russians and the Russian, uh, the Putin regime have really seen um, a lot of damage being done uh, on purpose by the West, especially in the 1990s, mm. um, and continuing now through today, and uh, that 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 the West really kicked Russia while it was down uh, after the fall of the Soviet Union, and didn't do what it should have done to integrate Russia into the global community or to um, really appreciate Russia's sort of independence and um, its own civilizational uh, character. So. I think a, a, a real sense of victimhood is there and that um, this is, in some sense, payback for for some of the those, uh, things that were done in the past. Yeah. Is there, but there, there is opposition to the war within Russia. There is opposition to Putin within Russia. How much room are they given to express those views? Absolutely. There is uh, very little. And uh, that room is decreasing uh, day by day and has been since since the war started, or even for years. Um, so th- there's very little way to express yourself in the media or to uh, have a protest. Uh, protests have been effectively banned. Um, and so it's really limited to, you know, around the kitchen table um, and those sorts of things. But but to really get the word out there uh, is, is going to be stymied by censorship and all sorts of other uh, limitations that the state has put in um, on, uh, on free speech. Noah, thanks a million for uh, speaking with us today. That was uh, Noah Buckley there. He's an assistant professor of political science at Trinity College. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We'll take a break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.